Pastor Andrew, I think two or three weeks ago, he as I think he opened up this series. I went and listened to some of the messages that you guys had been going through, and he said that this statement, God has made us to hunger for him. Like, remember that, Pastor Andrew, when you were, Amen. You were spelling that out? God, God has made us to hunger for him, and it reminded me of a quote from Augustine, and it says, our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. And there is really only one thing, one person, rather, that can truly satisfy our deepest longings. Um, I just want to share a little story that I read from a book one time um, that I hope will spur us into this. Uh, so there's this book called Sacred Romance. Um, um, it's a weird title, for, but it's a Christian book about longing for God, essentially, and purpose. And one of the, there was two guys that wrote it, and um, he um, talked about, he went off to this beautiful retreat with his wife. And they were up, I think they were in Hawaii, and they were had this beautiful uh, hotel that were, was like overlooking uh, a cliff down into the ocean, and there was these beautiful gardens and everything. And, and so they got settled in, and then they be, and he just said, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this. And he began to walk through this garden, and he just thought, there is no re- other place I'd rather be, and he started off really joyous. And then he noticed that the further and further he got away from the, the, the hotel uh, and closer to the beauty of the ocean and the rock and the cleft and all that stuff, that he began to mourn, and he actually began to weep. And the reason why he said that, at first he was sort of thrown off by it, but he just said that he was in the most perfect place in the world, it seemed like, and yet he was still not fully satisfied. And he came to this conclusion that there is always going to be a hunger and a thirst in us that can only be sort of really, 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 what would you say, satisfied when we meet our maker face to face. And I think that this idea that you guys are going through this hunger and thirsting for God is like something that we need to get used to. There is nothing that is fully going to satisfy us this side of eternity. And God is sort of, what, for whatever reasons, as Pastor Andrew said, made us like that. Like, we're always going to want something. Like, and even as I was worshiping just now, I realized that, I mean, I was really caught up in that worship. And then the thought came to me that this is, this is nothing compared to what's to come. You know, and so we, we, are, we are sojourners and strangers going through this world. And, and only God can truly satisfy us. Not even... Like an In-N-Out burger right now, <laughs> as great as that sounds, can truly satisfy our deepest longings, and God sort of made us like that. Um, just let me share a little bit of my journey, and then let's dialogue a little bit. Um, why did I go on this past January, starting January 2nd, I went on a 40-day fast uh, where it was just liquids, liquids only, like just like spinach juice, basically. And um, here's why I did that. Um, I had never done that before, and I'm not a super spiritual man. I can tell you that right now. But here's, here's what sort of sparked it. I was reading the Bible one day, and I read Psalm 42, 1 through 2. And it says this, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. 
My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And then I flipped and I, and I started reading Philippians 3 and Paul's sort of heart for God. And he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him and not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that may by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, I forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Those are some of my favorite passages, and when I read those um, last year, one thing hit me like a ton of bricks is that they did nothing for me. Like, I read those, and in the past, I would just sort of, like, just close my eyes and say, yes. I read them, and nothing happened. There was no desire. There was no anything. And I just realized at that moment that there had been a steady decline of my soul. Like, life and craziness and, you know, all that comes with it has, has a tendency to chip away at our souls sometimes and it's sort of indirectly and we don't even see it it just it just we just like me wake up one day read the scriptures and realize that man this is I'm dry and I don't know what to do about this so I just panic and say let me go on a 40 day fast <laughs> um, um, so that's what I set out to do uh, it was more about my own just decline in my heart and had nothing to do with really spiritual, you know, fortitude or any of that. It was just I was scared because my heart had become kind of numb. Um, so I set out to do this and, and, I, and, I, and I picked 10 people um, because I, I read Matthew 6 where it says you can't be doing it and everybody know about it, you know what I mean, and all that stuff. And again, I'm just panicking at this point. So I'm I've picked out 10 people, 10 brothers in my life that have mentored me and been um, just a breath of fresh air for me spiritually. And I, I wrote them a letter and said, hey, will you guys pray for me, journey with me, I'll keep you posted. And, um, and I remember going into it just really obsessing about my motives. And I think some of you are probably experiencing that too because you, uh, you're hungry. And you're wondering, like, well, I'm not supposed to be hungry. Actually, you are supposed to be hungry. But, like, I was just obsessing about my motives. Like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this for the wrong reasons. I don't want this to be some glorified diet. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and I was just like, Lord, am I, you know, and should I tell anyone? I, it was just crazy, you know. And, and one thing before I did that, I just remember God's clearly speaking through his word and through prayer. He just says in so many words, like, I, I, he was very aware of my brokenness. 
He was very aware of my motives. He was very aware that on one moment it was for him and for seeking him, and, at the, and, and the next moment it was just out of obligation. He was very aware of my brokenness and that, and he wasn't even surprised by it. And so I just thought, okay, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm going in, because I was talking myself out of it, basically. I was just like, I'm not going to do it if it's this religious uh, routine. But God knew my brokenness. He knew my depravity. And there was, for some reason, when I realized that, there was like a lot of freedom in that. Like I knew going into this fast that I would fail at some things. I knew that I would be angry and grumpy, or at least I thought I would. And I knew that going into this, there would be times where I wish I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and it was like, okay, God, you know all that. I'm going to jump right in. And here's what I wrote to those 10 guys. Uh, Pastor Andrew was one of them. I said, here's the reason why I'm fasting. Here's a few of them. I said, number one, and first and foremost, I just need Jesus. I, I, I put down here what I wrote. I have felt for some time a decline in my affections toward Jesus. My soul is so thirsty and dry. I just want to know what it means to hunger and thirst for Jesus. I feel like Jesus has invited me to a feast that doesn't involve food, but for some reason will satisfy me. And the main thing I'm asking Jesus for in this fast is just a heart that burns for him, not a bigger church or a greater influence. All I want is to truly want him. And so I went into to, to, to that with that being sort of the main prayer. Um, I know for some of us, when we think of fasting, it's, it's, we want this mighty move of God to happen in others, or we want, um, we're in a building campaign, or we want, you know, um, we're doing an outreach, and we, and those are all good things. Like, I, I really think that we should inquire of the Lord in that, but really, at the end of the day, I, I've come to believe that fasting, first and foremost, is really about communion with God. It's not sort of God do something for me or do something for us. It's really just, uh, I just need to be with you. And if I, I'm so distracted and I'm so satisfied by these counterfeit things in my life that I just need to uh, focus in on you. Um, so anyway, I, I, I jumped into that and I just want to share sort of that journey um, so there's a lot of funny things. I went into this, and I knew that there would be two times I would eat during that 40-day fast. So I'd already planned my eating. <laughs> um, and the reason is is that I, uh, my son's birthday was coming in January, and, I, and they said, Dad, would you do that? Because I was you know, sort of getting my family ready for me doing this. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do that. And, um, so I, 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 I knew I was going to eat there, and then I was in the middle of what they called soul care, and it was a monthly, it was a nine-month cohort where it was just about my soul, like just feeding my soul and how ministry can take a toll on us if we let it. And um, so I knew I was eating those two times, and so I went into the fast. Again, I'm obsessing over motives, but yet I'm free because I knew God knew it, and I began to... Uh, the first day was amazing. 
Like, I literally felt the presence of God. I was just like, well, probably more just adrenaline. But anyway, <laughs> but like, I was just like, man, this is so dope. Like, I can't believe how fresh this is. This is going to be awesome. And then by like the fourth day, I just wanted to kill myself. <laughs> and like, it was crazy because it was like, I, I mean, I'm a big guy too, you know? So I'm like, I like to eat. Does that mean... Okay, I am going to be quick and then we'll talk. Uh, um, and um, so I remember like by the fourth day just sitting there thinking of ways that I could get out of this. I've already told my family, I've already told my elders, I've already told people in my life what I'm doing. And, and um, But that's when I think it began to click for me, like, the, the, you know, do... Verses would come into my head of like, man does not live by bread alone, even though I just wanted bread. You know, <laughs> man does not live by bread alone, but by every. And so I would take the Bible and I would be saying that in my soul, in my heart, and I would be so hungry. And I would just, all right, God, this is my food. This is my food. I'm like convincing myself, this is my food. This is my food. And, and um, I can honestly say that after that first week, it really began to get to a place of, it really became food. Like Jesus became sufficient. Um, that which has been an idol in my life, because um, I, I eat when I'm stressed out, and that, that, that causes weight gain and weight fluctuation and all that stuff. And, and I realized that this had become an idol in my life, and, and food had been that thing which I would run to to give me what only God could give me. And so about after the first week is when it really started to click. And I remember reading the scriptures and, and I said, I'm going to read the, the gospels in 40 days, all four. So I'll spend 10 in Matthew, 10 in, you know, and I just want to get to know Jesus. And I began to read the Bible um, and take this journal with me on this. And, and I was reading through Matthew. And I, I, again, I was just writing. I just wanted to share some of the stuff I wrote down. And I said, I find myself writing in my Bible this statement over and over and over again. Jesus is the one and then fill in the blank. And so, for example, Jesus, the one who touches the unclean. Or Jesus, the one who is greater than Jonah. Or Jesus, the one who sets with sinners and I and I would like pages and pages of Jesus the one who does this Jesus the one who does this and man it was just like for the first time during that 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 fast I began to say like wow Jesus really is enough and he really is better and yes I am so hungry and yes I want to eat but like I have began to to connect with Jesus and, and something um, dawned on me during that and then my sister here prayed for it, actually. She said that when we seek after, or I think it was Leslie when we were praying, um, when we seek after God, the promise is we will find him. It says that. When we seek after God, we will find him. The hard thing is, is that our expectations of what it means to find him are often just kind of tainted. We think finding him means that there will be this Shekinah moment every time. Like, this is going to be one of those Moses moments where he's up on Mount Sinai, and like, God is so close in the cleft of the rock, and you know, he's right there, and he's seeing the backside of God. Like, like I was thinking that all the time, and I was wrestling with those expectations, and I would get, get kind of, like, discouraged. Like, why am I feeling God right now? 
I've been fasting for over a week. Why isn't it feel like this isn't working? You know, why does it feel like this isn't working? But getting in his scriptures when you're really hungry, is, it does something. And so for me, I had to learn that during that because for you guys, you are fasting and you are doing life too. Life is like coming and crazy and working and, and all this stuff that you're doing. And... Like it's easy to get hungry and do nothing about it. Instead, what God is calling us to is like, well, just try to feast upon me. When you feel that urge, why don't you just stop what you're doing and read a psalm? Or why don't you, because what will happen is we feel like we're just hungry and grumpy all the time. Which, by the way, that, that happened a lot during my time. But what God was showing me is that I don't want you to do this glorified diet <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually want you to thirst and hunger for me. So if you're going to get hungry and grumpy and angry and try to think of ways out, why don't you open your Bible or take some time to pray and be honest with God? And that's where I feel like the fast started to kick in. Um, but let me just say this. It was still just a roller coaster. And so the first... First 10 days, I, I, I wrote, and uh, my brothers, I was trying to update them every 10 days, and I was just like, man, I just feel the presence of God, you know? And then, like, day 11, I was just like, nothing. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? Like, this is, you know, and so, again, I'm hungry and cranky, and I'm trying to process this. And I started feeling guilty. Some of you may even feel that right now, like, you, like you're wasting your fast. Because you don't feel like all you feel is hungry or you feel like God isn't near. But but I think what I started to learn is that this was going to come in different phases. God was going to meet me in ways that I never expected. And part of it, here's the second, the, the, the second 10 day was filled with temptation. It wasn't even to eat. It wasn't temptation. It was temptation of so many other things. And I was sitting there thinking, how can I go from... Reading the scriptures and saying, Jesus, pages and pages, Jesus, the one who touches lepers, Jesus, the one who touches the unclean, Jesus, the one who who, who sets with sinners, and, and that closes, and then now feeling so distant and feeling so tempted. Like, I, I felt like the spiritual attack was just crazy during that time. And I just thought again, Lord, I'm wasting this. I'm not doing this right. I don't know what I'm doing. And then it was just, again, where God would just remind me of those first 10 days. It's not about how you feel right now. Your feelings are going to go up and down and up and down. And, but it's just like, are you going to press in towards me during this time? And so that was the, 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 the next two weeks was like the loneliest, hardest part of it because I felt tempted and like God was exposing stuff in me. And I was like, what kind of fast is this that you would put me on display like this? Like, I literally felt more than any time in my life that God had put this spotlight on the idols in my heart and would not let me rest. And I was just miserable. <laughs> I was just like, this is crazy. But yet, when I came through that and I reflected back, I just thought, man, what a sweet time. Because what he did was, the first 10 days, I can think about this now, is he said, I just want you to know, you're my son, I'm with you. All the promises that I have said to you are true and real. 
And I even want to let you know physically, like I felt the presence of the Lord in those times. And then he was like, part of your hunger and thirsting after me is to realize what you hunger and thirst for more than me. And so that was just the second or that next two weeks was just such a time of, of exposure. And you talk about feeling like a failure. I'm already hungry. And then something weird started to happen. I, I take this medication every day. And uh, it's one of those 24-hour uh, release. So I guess it releases every hour a little bit into your system. Does that sound right? I don't know. Anyway. Um, and I, I always had to have, like, when I take that, I need to eat something after that. And so I would get all these dizziness and headaches. Part of it, even if I wasn't on medication, it was going to happen. But this sort of enhanced it. And so <laughs> this is my failure. I want to just share with you how demented I am. Uh, so it, I'm now about 24 days in, and um, I, I, I've convinced myself by this time, again, I'm coming through just deep exposure of my idols in my life, and uh, I, I realized that I went to the, I, I uh, called my doctor and I said, is, is this, I'm fasting, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, you need to have something in there. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't eat anything. Like I, and so I was just like, I, I, and then to my shame, I remember, do you remember me confessing this to you, to the guys? I, so I'm like, I came from that phone call and I went and got a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, and, and I know you're like, well, you just broke the fast. No, I just, I'm desperate at this time. I'm failing in some way. So I'll be honest with you. I was just hungry. And so I haven't eaten anything. And the first thing I grab is a cheeseburger. And it messed me up. Like, I was throwing up and sick. And, like, I was just like, oh, Lord, what's the point? You know what I mean? And, and so now I'm discouraged again. And, and, um, and God just kept reminding me, press into this. Press into this. Press into this. And because um, my flesh and, and my shame, I just said, well, I've already ruined this fast. I might as well just be done. And God was just like, press in. Press in. I understand your health needs. I understand your broken motives. Again, I understand your, your grumbling. I, but you know, press into this, and and um, I, I I kept on pressing into that. And um, again, I went through these sort of ups and downs. But I came to the end of it. And I'll be honest with you: the forty-first day was one of the most depressing times. And the reason is, is that, again, it wasn't God's fault, and there's some beauty in this, so don't, this isn't a, <laughs> just to close up here, like, I, I came to it, and I just thought, Lord, I felt like I just wasted this fast. I did not do what I'd set out to do, and I remember God so clearly, and so gently, and so in a way that I, he knows me, he told me that, man, it was great to spend these 40 days with you. And I just began to weep <laughs> and bawl. And I, I mean, even think about it now, like, really?
Anyway, um, it was the hardest and craziest and like roller coaster thing. But what one thing that that I'm reminded of is is the Matthew six passage where where he says. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others. And this is the part that really stuck out. But your father, but by your father is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I thought, well, what is that reward? And it was so clear on day 41 what that reward was. Like, it wasn't like money, or I didn't get anything necessarily physically, you know what I mean? It wasn't, I did lose like 20-some pounds. And by the way, when you go on a fast like this, you will lose weight, but in a month, you gain it back. <laughs> so if you're thinking, hey, this is like both, like I'm going to seek the Lord and lose weight, just get that out of me. <laughs> like as soon as I started eating anything solid, it was like two pounds a day just came back. <laughs> so you might be wondering, you should be skinnier by now. No, no, um, but what was the reward? It's funny, when you look in that context, it, it's, it's not money. The very next verse, he says, lay not for yourselves treasures in heaven. So he says, Matthew 6, 6 uh, 16 through 18, he says that your reward. But then the very next verse, he says, lay not for yourselves treasures. So it's not like this, you know, in context, it's not this earthly thing. But then also in that context is actually the Lord's prayer. And if you think about sort of the Lord's prayer and what it says, like, so some said they're thinking, you know, this idea of reward or whatever, and, and what is the repayment? What is the reward? And I just wanted to read something I've written down. Um, I said, but what is the repayment or the reward that Jesus promises the Father, uh, the, the Father here? Might it be the praise of men? And obviously it's not the truth. It's not about the praise of men or about being uh, noticed. That's not the reward he gives. Might it be money? No. The next verse, verse 19, warns us against laying up treasures here on earth. No, the best place to find the reward for our fasting is to look in the Sermon on the Mount. For example, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 9 through 13 begins with three main longings. That God's name may be hallowed or revered, that his kingdom would come, and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the main reward God gives for our fasting, is this idea of pressing into God to where we long for his glory. And although we are here on earth and we are moaning and groaning and we'll never be fully satisfied till we meet him, but connecting with God in that way, like you begin to pray the dangerous prayer of, of, of revering and hallowing God and his glory be shown in your life, in the life of your family. And then, then also um, the idea that your kingdom would come, that my life would look like what heaven looks like. And that is a, 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 a time of worship, that my life exudes worship to God that gives worth to God constantly. And then um, the final thing was that um, 
the kingdom come, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's just this idea of living with, with heaven in mind. Mm -hmm. And so even as we prayed out there, I just felt impressed to say, like, today could be the day. As you're fasting, like, today could be the day when Jesus comes back. And if it's not today, you're one day closer to the day but when, it will, when he will come back. And so to become these heavenly-minded people that are praying the dangerous prayer, may my life look like what it's going to look like in heaven, which is what? A throne <laughs> and us bowing down and worshiping God and never getting tired of that and never resisting that or never even being hungry, you know. So that, that was sort of my journey, and, and um, I... I um, Look forward to this January, trying it again, and I think I learned a lot from the last one, and I'm trying to learn again, and, and you know, so if anyone want to join me starting January, let's roll, but um, yeah, it, it was one of the sweetest times of my life, but not because I, I just felt flowers and bunny rabbits, it was just real, it was just real and authentic, and it was broken, and it was good, and it was joyful, and it was painful, um, but it was good, and it was real. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, as you go through, I think you're in the halfway mark, and fasts take different, they take different forms, you know, fast social media, fast a meal a day, fast a meal a week, all those things, but they're real, and they're good, and um, God wants to meet us there. We just have to realize that God meets us in very different ways. Sometimes it's the wind, sometimes it's the, the loudness, sometimes it's the whisper, sometimes it's even in our grieving. So, amen.